Now this is podcasting presents lyrical time capsule. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to another edition of lyrical time capsule with uh, a couple of highly caffeinated individuals uh, decide to analyze uh, momentous and not so momentous songs from our time based on the lyrics only and decide if they deserve a hallowed and highly limited place in the <laughs> time capsule of lyrics. Um, so we've been tasked to to analyze these songs. It's our job. It's our um, it's our occupation. It's our vocation. So uh, we need to get on with it. We, we our shadowy overlords have given us a bit of a humdinger this this week or this um, this quarter this semester. However often we do these things. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Mingo, do you, uh, well, my name's Hugo, with me, my great esteemed homie, Mingo. Uh, do you want to introduce this particular song? Hi everyone, it's Ming. Um, today, we've been tasked with investigating, albeit as brief as it is, um, dot, 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 baby, one more time, as performed by the artist Britney Spears. An, an an instantaneous overnight success that took most of her life, I'm sure. Um, one-time star of the Mickey Mouse Club, along with such other esteemed colleagues as Christina Aguilera and Justin Timberlake. Double denim for the win all the way. Couple goals. Um, this, this represents the first single off the first major label signed album. Of Britney Spears and what a humdinger! What a humdinger! Yeah, it's, a it's a rip snorter. <laughs> it's an absolute in-your-face <laughs> testes to the wall, testes to the plasterboard, to the drywall. Smash! It's a smash. Number and one worldwide smash. Number hit. one. Yep. Number one. A phenomenon. A and, phenomenon. And debut. So it's not like it's not like. Elton John or something coming in with you know tenth album. This is a debut single. The you know the momentousness of that needs to be recognised. I think there's so much to talk about. I think I think what we do is we just start and we let we let it all pour out as as the lyrics flow. Let's let Britney speak. Finally, strap in, put your seatbelts on, wear a flannel. I don't know why, but be prepared. Goggles down. incredibly incredibly striking yeah it's very loud yeah i mean we we've said it a, cu- a couple of times you know it's lucky we're not talking about the music but it bears <laughs> it bears mentioning just yeah. how yeah well constructed this is yeah mingo you said before we before we played this let's let britney speak and do you think that do you think that it's too early to mention, uh, you know, it's it's Britney's voice, highly distinctive. Yes. But but who else is involved with the crafting of this song? Well, 
the the gentleman credited with the song itself is um, the the pop master, the the living legend Max Martin. Now you said something about this guy before we we started recording. You gave him an accolade from your own perspective. Can you tell me what that is again? I I, I mentioned him as being my favorite producer of all time. So so that was a pretty mind blowing to me because I've I've always known him as a lyricist and you know I've I've just reading down his lyrical hits is eye opening. It's mm. just a staggering mm. achievement. Mm. Mm. And in fact, as uh, you know, I was reading a little factoid that he's number three in the um, lyric writers that have charted in the Billboard Top 200 in America mm. behind two other people. Do you know? <laughs> Who they might be? I, I do believe that that might only be Lennon and McCartney. Well, is that, is that correct? That is correct. <laughs> so he's number three yeah. behind the first equal position, which is yeah. Lennon and McCartney, which, as far as I'm concerned, makes him number one because those guys were sharing <laughs> he's done twi- twice the work. <laughs> well, precisely, like those yeah. guys just automatically wrote Lennon and McCartney on everything. But but so you can approximately half their output, in my opinion, between them. So Max Martin, as far as I'm concerned, is the most successful lyric writer in history, as far as chart placement is concerned. Is in, is, he's, he's a phenomenon. Well, exactly. So that's very, very pertinent to lyri- lyrics. Obviously, this is a lyric show, but mm. you mm. pointed out, and I really wasn't cognizant of this, that he's actually the producer as well. So he's not just a lyricist, which is... That would be an astonishing achievement for anyone mm. To, to, mm. to achieve in any field, but he's also... A musician, he's also a music producer. Can mm. you talk a little bit more about him as a producer? Yeah, well, I mean, if you if you think of any artist in the last 20 years that you may have liked or you can think of um, a song of theirs or the name of the artist, anyone from the last 20 years in the top 10 in America worldwide, you're probably thinking of an artist that Max Martin has had something to do with either directly or um, indirectly via one of his protégés. Um, some of his protégés have some uh, questionable reputations these days. Um, uh, there's been a, a few issues with um, sexual abuse claims and things. Um, and, you know, rightly so, I, I had think. no idea. Yeah, but, but the, he, you know, he, he came from... He, he's in the middle of a, um, a heritage. He's not like the key instigator of a heritage. He, he was an understudy to another famous um, Swedish producer whose name escapes me right now, sorry. Um, and so he inherited, um, you know, knowledge and work ethic from um, uh, an, an older mentor. And then he has taken that um, template and that um, attitude and approach and he has expanded his own... Uh, he came from Kieron Productions, Kieron Studios, which was uh, established by his mentor, I, th- I believe. And then um, he, after his mentor, I think maybe passed away quite early, um, then Max Martin went on to create his own stable of um, producer, engineer, writers, musician, artists, like yeah, everyone's Swiss army knife. Um, and in particular, I mean, when you say, yeah, as lyrics, and then and you found it um, as a lyricist, and then you found it news that he was a producer... I mean, on this song alone, he's credited with the song. Um, he's credited as producer, recordist, mixer, uh, and backing vocals. You know, so I mean, he's 
extremely instrumental, no pun intended, um, in the creation of works from beginning to end, essentially. Uh, and if, yeah, if you you pretty much think of any artist in the top top ten in the last twenty years, he's probably worked with them, or it's his song, or he produced it, or more than often has done a whole combination of things on a, on a on a particular piece. It's astonishing. That is astonishing. That's like loads of interesting information because this guy's just fascinating. And and um, viewing this, viewing the lyrics of this song, it's it's really possible to um, to view them through the narrative of of Britney as a as a teenage girl. How old was she at the time? About eighteen, oh, I think. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe, maybe so she may have even or eighteen. She may have been younger when she um, went over to Kieran to work with him uh, at the time. But by the, you know, she she already had obviously a, a a career in entertainment and show business going on. You know, um, as a child star on on television essentially. But you know, she was a showbiz kid, and she kind of, after the Mickey Mouse Club yep. folded, she was kind of in the wilderness for a little bit. I think you know, I think. Um, maybe Christina got offered something, an, a development deal, kind of early-ish, I believe, and Justin as well. Oh no, that's right. He went into uh, NSYNC, didn't he? Look, look at me, yes. look at me kicking butt with my shit. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> no, um, no, but I, I do. Th- I think, I think from memory, Britney was kind of, uh, yeah, she was looking around for something for quite a while, um, and so she ended up recording a whole bunch of um, what we would now refer to as demo material, although they were very slickly produced, um, with another gentleman um, who I should be able to find his name. Eric Foster White, I believe, was the guy. And I think I think he may have actually funded or, you know, partly or, or largely funded... Um, I think he kind of discovered her, like you know, that she was looking around for someone or something to do, some kind of way to to get back into doing music or showbiz. And I think he actually kind of took her under his wing. Um, and I'm there's from oh man, I'm really scratching the scratching the memory banks here. But I think possibly <laughs> possibly he might have sort of been done over a little bit. Um, he he put all the early development work and time and money into her. And then got a demo together, which you know he produced and recorded, and um, and uh, and then she got picked up by the major, and then got sent to Sweden and wrote a whole bunch of stuff. But I think maybe about half of the material on this first album is from Eric Foster White, and there's a whole you know um, prior to this, there was a whole independent release, which he was uh, really key in creating so but yeah i mean it, it, it's some of the songs on here are from those early demos or the, the prior to this major label signing but you know you can you can maybe cry foul of being turned over by the truck of the major label industry but i think the proof is in the pudding um thank you eric foster white whatever your work was done i'm sure you know i'm sure you got a little bit of money out of this um worldwide global smash record with some of your produced works on it but um i I think yeah max max martin has uh has proved to be a very very overflowing jug of goodness (laughs) yeah yeah well well said and what uh what an amazing uh bit bit of knowledge there 
Um, let's get let's get into the words. Oh baby, baby, oh baby, baby. Great sort of understated way to begin with that repetition. Just a classic hook. It, it really is. Yeah, yeah, hooks you in. How was I supposed to know that something wasn't right here? When I've been listening to this song, um, what I've just been struck by is the masterful simplicity of of it. It's mm. so masterfully uncomplicated, mm-hmm. uh, which is difficult to. It's difficult to to zero in on on that when someone's being so simple. How can you? How can you then say that they're that they're doing something that is that is genius level? Well, anyone who's ever tried to write something simple <laughs> knows. Yeah. Because um, it's incredibly difficult. It's incredibly difficult. So there's a genius in operation in in all of these lyrics and. And I'm wondering the best way to tackle this. I think, mm. I think I want to zero in. Uh, see if you agree with this, Mingo. Mm. Hit me. I want to. I want to. <laughs> I want to kind of focus on this. <laughs> I want to kind of focus on this from two angles, and and I think I'm going to separate them between the the narrator Brittany, who who masterfully performs this and and embodies it, and the writer Max Martin. Okay, uh, I like I like that. I believe. And so, what I'm going to propose throughout is that there are levels of there are levels of literal versus allegorical meaning in this. Okay. And 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 I think that's the way, in my opinion, apart from pointing out that the craft is is impeccable in terms of pop and and the success of it speaks mm. to that. Mm. But but um, the ability to operate on at least two levels. Is is the is the sign is the ultimate sign of the genius of this song and Max Martin's craft. Mm. So, with that in mind, <laughs> that you know, I think I think we'll lay that out to start with because I think that's going to work. Yeah, I I like this proposal. What what is Britney the late teens girl saying with the lyric, and what is Max Martin the? Actually, I, I have no idea how old he was. Probably late twenties. Oh, early he, 30s no, he was he was really young. He was really quite young. We can state that he was older than Britney, yes, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And he's coming from a different perspective. If he if he's writing from if he's writing if he's putting words in in the mouth of a of a late teens girl, heartbroken girl, he's doing it vicariously, let's say. Absolutely. He's doing it from an outside perspective whereas from his own perspective, and I and, and I guess I'm not really concerned whether whether he necessarily intended any of this. It's more about that that he achieved it nonetheless. So mm. he'll represent that. He'll represent a a a deeper or a higher order allegory um, than the literal, uh, which Brittany will represent. I think that's a shorthand way of breaking it down. Okay. I, I think we'll 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 run with it and we'll see. It might collapse at some point, but we'll see. Um. Brittany, let's call her the girl. Yes. <laughs> what's what's she from her literal perspective expressing here in the first couple of lines? Well, it's it's a it's a question, obviously. Yeah. But um, it's it's one where she kind of she's is she shirking off responsibility here, or is she just acknowledging the situation? How was I supposed to know that something wasn't right? I mean. <laughs> 
<laughs> is is it because She's of her cool. is it because of her naivety um uh, or uh-huh. was or was something hidden from her great 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 you know? but what you've touched on there is obviously you know we t- we take it for granted we all know this song but but what you've touched on there is this is a relationship mm. gone awry um and she's floundering she does it it's a mystery to her she's just had a revelation that something's gone wrong and she's it was so shocking to her that she's actually saying well i there's no way i could have even known you know how could i even have been expected to know hang on something wasn't right hang are you suggesting this song that the the topic is a relationship Is that, is that what you Britney's just said? From Britney's perspective. Is that what you said? From Britney's perspective, I, I am. It, wow. Now now it's my mind. It's my turn for my mind to be blown because I assumed this was about um, following a souffle recipe. <laughs> oh, because you read um, recipes online <laughs> and you know that until before you get the recipe nowadays, you have to have a 36-page disquisition about some anecdote <laughs> of, of a heartbreak <laughs> before you get to the sodding recipe. Yeah, sure. Believe, okay. All right. I, I now, agree. now we're in alignment. Right. I'm with you. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. And 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 yeah. I, I, what I want to do is get. But but you've 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 really touched on it there. You know, is she shirking responsibility? There's innocence. That, There's innocence. Great. I love There's it. Innocence. There's innocence yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. This might be an early experience uh, in relationships that would that would fit with the team girl narrative that that things can go wrong. And, she, mm. and, you know, once you're sort of five or six relationships deep, you might well realize, hey, you know, things do go awry <laughs> um, in these relationship things. And it's not necessarily a cause for panic. But she's, you know, 17 or 18. And she's like, well, how was I supposed to know? <laughs> um, she's early. She's early days in this relationship game or this souffle game, whichever. Um, <laughs> that is going to recur, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> um, Let's do the next. Let's do the whole yeah. of the first verse. Let's, let's finish and then, the verse. And then I want to talk about Max Martin's Great. perspective. All right. Oh, baby, baby, I shouldn't have let you go. And now you're right outside. Yeah. Okay, so now um, Brittany is saying, Oh, baby, baby, I shouldn't have let you go. And now you're out of sight. Yeah. 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 Can I just point out that we are um we're approximately 30 seconds in and we've had an intro with a hook and two slabs of verse perspective. Yeah. I mean going back to, you know, what you were saying about yeah. the simplicity. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's no the mucking around here. Is, is um well exactly, there's no mucking around and it's just like it's difficult. It's difficult. If you've never tried to write a song, you can't quite perceive what a pinnacle of sort of robust, disciplined simplicity this is. This all is. Like, it's extraordinary. Or if you're sitting here going, what are you guys talking about? It's so easy. Uh-huh. Then uh-huh. perhaps you are exactly in the perfect position. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you might be a genius. <laughs> maybe you've already achieved it. Yeah, maybe you have. Maybe you have. In which case, in which case, get in contact with us both, please, as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah, we need a ghostwriter. Yeah, especially this guy. Fucking hell, my ridiculous um, rap essays. Yeah, I was expecting success from those. Um, Anyway, let's let's um, let's look at this next. Yeah, sorry, right. Yes, precisely. Um, Serious now. Oh, baby, baby, I shouldn't have let you go. I've read all this, and now you're out of sight. Yeah, 
Um, okay, so what's 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 going in here from Brittany's perspective? Well, now she's aware that mm. she it was her error. Yes, it was yes. her error. Uh, let you go. Yeah, that's true. This is the, well. At least she's taking responsibility at this point. She's the one who had agency. She let this this other um, person. I, it I says don't know about, boy later. So hang yeah, on, we'll I'm go. not sure about not sure about taking responsibility yet. She's she's acknowledged that it was her action of the letting go, but she's she's okay. questioning. You know, but how was I? How I I, I didn't have any other information, right? Yeah, ha ha ha. Cool, cool. So it's regret rather than responsibility. Yeah. I I think so. Cool. That's my take. Okay, great. And now you're out of sight. Yeah. Mm. Okay. What um, what do you get from that? From the from the Britney teen perspective. I've lost you. I've missed my yes. chance. Great. Out of sight. Yes. Out of sight. Out of mind. That's clearly not true in this case because she's thinking about him. Um, but anyway, the, 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 just in terms of geographical accessibility, um, <laughs> this this boy is is distant now. Mm. Uh, there are obstacles between visual obstacles, whatever, and sight is also something that you aim at. I am I am I pushing too hard, too far? She's she, no. it's not possible to aim no. at him anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm um, down with that. I like that. From a from a literal perspective, they're not face to face anymore. That will become relevant later. Or you, or they would know, need if they want. Or there's there's the dating phrase: "We're seeing each other." I can't see you anymore. Maybe. No, nice, nice. Maybe. I like that. I don't know. Um, but if they want to communicate, they're going to need to use another form of communication. Pigeon. Uh, that will become relevant. <laughs> yeah, Raven. Um, okay, I think this is a good time to jump into the Max Martin perspective that I'm choosing yeah. to call the Max Martin perspective. I think that this has archetypal resonance i'm going to choose to call this the max martin perspective whether or not he intended any of this so i'm just going to deep dive on on him assuming that he is a form of alchemical uh, lyrical and symbological genius because you said that he's the you know and he is the most successful lyric writer of all time i refuse to um, believe that he's not aware of symbological depths so the allegory here in my mind, and I'll just lay it out on the table straight away. Let's do it. Is akin to the Sleeping Beauty allegory. The Sleeping Beauty allegory, much maligned in our in our modern day, because you know an, a non consensual kiss of a sleeping person is very very much frowned upon, and rightly so. But from a symbological perspective, that is not what the Sleeping Beauty myth or fairy tale is all about. This the symbology of the Sleeping Beauty myth is that a a female archetype has lost consciousness, has, has strayed from consciousness and requires the reunification of the two parts of their psyche to be reawoken and become fully conscious. And that comes in the form, in, in symbological terms, that comes in the form of a sleeping female character being rescued by a, a courageous decision-making male archetype character true love's kiss well precisely is worthy and breathes life into her they're not they're not actually separate people they are one person in in the in the archetypal reference they become a whole person which is just represented through the lens of a, of two people kissing but they're actually two parts of a psyche uh, becoming one finally and regaining consciousness so i think that the lyrics 
of this song perfectly reflect that from the Sleeping Beauty's perspective. They're, they're basically the Sleeping Beauty archetype or the Sleeping Beauty part of the psyche becoming aware that it has lost consciousness, that it has, that it has receded away from um, full embodied, fulfilled um, ability to act in the world. Mm. So basically asleep and, and needing, needing completeness. And and that's what what you're referring to is like. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It, it, it's about this, like in a deeper in a or deeper in on the on this level. It's um, the reconnection between the spirit realm and and the earthly manifestation. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, precisely. The the the, the, the two the two are the two are two sides of the same coin, and they've been they've been um, disconnected and they need to be brought back together. Precisely. Cool. Exactly. Cool. So in cool. a sort of alchemical, symbological, spiritual sense, there's a separation and it needs to be reunified. Well, this is the the more earthly-based or, or perspective, um, pa- pa- passive, I'm, I'm going to say, just, mm. just from a symbological, alchemical mm. cool. perspective, voice, talking, d- wanting to be reunited with the mm. more active... And um, more, uh, what's the word? Uh, pro- uh, proactive uh, part of the psyche. Okay. So you could talk, you know, in alchemical terms, you could talk about the sun and the moon, or the earth and the sun, or yeah. earth and the sky, kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, there, there, there is a duality of of motion and static and things like that. So this is the more static, um, the more static part of the psyche or the spiritual realm, wanting to reconnect with the more dynamic. Awesome. An active part of the psyche. I'm with so, you. so, and that's why I think the basicness, the the sheer shaved back, brutalist <laughs> basicness of the lyrics, is what is what um, enhances that effect. So, what I want to do is look through that first verse and talk about every part, every little word that jumps out that's talking about senses okay. and, yeah, and perspectives. Beautiful. So. In the first one, how was I supposed to know? Okay, that that's really a passive type of perspective, like someone isn't even or wasn't even aware that they were supposed to be aware mm. because they are existing in a passivity. So they've lost consciousness, but then that wasn't even necessarily their role. Mm. They they they're they're asleep. They they've gone too excess too far into the sleeping realm, but that wasn't really their role at all. And anyway, they've become separated. From the part that is supposed to know, or if it was their role, they they weren't aware that they'd been delegated this. Precisely, but but okay, so yeah, but point being, that's the kind of passivity mm, that we're okay. talking about, right? Right, I'm with and you. not not as a negative, not as a negative no, no, part. No. It's actually a natural part of this mm. that something wasn't right here. So so that so so for me, that line something wasn't right here represents the separation. Something right. really was isn't right. And and this and this part of the psyche wasn't even aware that it that the separation had happened. They're in a deep sleep. Mm. I shouldn't have let you go. Is is again the separation, mm. the regret at the separation, yeah. So, yeah. disconnection. Mm. And now you're out of sight. So the, the the separation is too profound, and they're they're separated by well in the fairy tale it's like castle walls and thorns and. Ma- so for me, <laughs> we've dived deep straight away. But that's the Max Martin allegorical level that this song is working on. (laughs) 
Mm, I, I think that's really interesting. Um, and and what what you're triggering in my mind by uh, through this proposal is, you know, I'm I'm thinking about um, Nordic cultures, and I'm thinking about how fairy tales and folkloric uh, history mythology is is I think much more embedded into the cultural psyche than we we experience here i mean maybe maybe you have probably more of it in england even um i I think we're very detached in in at least australia and probably to some degree america um but i i think i think there's nordic nordic cultures seem to have you know that there's a real background of of these mythologies and folkloric tales um that, that maybe they just sit in the subconscious more kind of milling away and I, I think that's a really interesting perspective that, that you've mentioned about, you know, the backgrounding of of, um, of a fairy tale. Uh, I think I think there's there's probably something in that. Um, yeah, I I kind of I'm trying to hold back from just going. I reckon they're just sitting in a room and going, okay, what what should we say and just write, written it down. But that doesn't exclude but, this whole. Yeah cauldron of of idea and and history yeah absolutely this is just how it comes out precisely yeah exactly and i and i don't i again i want to make clear like i'm not actually ascribing this um consciously to no no Um, i'm I'm just saying it works on that level yeah and he could sit in a room and write this by the way it was a demo that existed as far as i'm aware right he tried to offer it to tlc right um and tlc turned it down based on a line that we're going to get to in the chorus. Uh, um, but, and so it ended up in Britney's lap and she loved it straight away. Mm. Um, I can, I can hear TLC doing this. That's good. I didn't know that. I could hear them yes, singing this. It'd yes. Good. Yeah. I could too. Yes. It, it could have worked with them. I think that there's a connection here and I don't think it's too early to say why, why Britney uh, was primed to love this and mm. therefore why the world was primed to love this. Mm. Um, and I think the connection is is um, the reason the reason why we in the in the Anglosphere have any remnant connection to fairy tales at all virtually is Disney. Mm. And so yeah, that's that's um, a, that's a genius connection. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So so Britney came through the Disney factory. Controversial as Disney is, mm. there's one thing that's uncontrovertible about them. In the early 20th century, they resurrected and immortalized mm. uh, European folk tales. Mm. And they did an incredible job of it. Mm. And Sleeping Beauty is one of the greatest ones mm. uh, of it. And the way they tackle it, it's, it's hard-nosed. It's absolutely hard-nosed mm. on an allegorical level. Yeah, So they, they smashed it, basically. Mm. Britney came through that um, machine, and I, I'm no fan of Disney. <laughs> I'm no fan of what it does to its child stars. And I'm no fan of what's happened to Brittany. Um, But she, she came through the dream factory, let's call it. And so she went, you know, so Max Martin might well have been sitting around in his living room, writing this song and accidentally creating an allegory, uh, which is, you know, a perfect (laughs) allegory for teen heartbreak, but also a perfect allegory for the alchemical reunification of, of the psyche. Um, And, and then she, here's the demo and because she came through the Disney Dream Factory, she picks up on something that Max Martin wasn't even aware of, which is that this is this is timeless. This has got something completely primal and timeless in it. And and and, and neither of them need to be aware of it. 
<laughs> no, I I, uh, I I totally agree with especially that that last sentence. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think so much of this can happen in in the in the subconscious, and as you say, you know, I mean, she's grown up with Disney, you know, even external to it prior to um, prior to being part of the 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 cheer squad. Um, you know, it, it would have been deeply embedded in her in her childhood experience and and probably just as much in his in in many ways um i mean we're talking now what a hundred nearly a hundred years of um of of media um yeah, yeah and as you as you say as you say uh bringing back um all these folk tales um for for at that time contemporary audience um and yeah, I mean, regardless of regardless of the retranslation or um, darker elements that may have been skipped over in in detail, as as you say that the the importance the important aspects of the allegories were, I think, in the early films, very very strong. Um, and you know, you could you could definitely look at them on two levels: the very literal in your face, or you could dive deeper with with more knowledge. Yeah, so I I agree with you, I, and I think this is a great this is a great take on this song. I, I love where I love where you've um, where you've gone with this. Beautiful, sweet. And if it seems like it's just going to hijack the whole episode and just be a, an allegorical <laughs> discussion, I I don't want it. I don't want that to happen because it functions. Obviously, Perfectly. the thing that smacks you first in the face is Perfectly. the is the Britney angle. Yeah. So you know, let's not lo- you know let's not lose totally. sight, ho ho ho, no, of no. of the Britney angle, and and you know when we, yeah, well, well, with that in mind, hmm. um, let, let's let's move on to the pre-course. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, what a pre- is this? Is this a good time to uh, get you your perspective on on the rhyme scheme from from beginning to now, perhaps? Yeah, I would love to. It's great. It's so freaking great, and I, I'm surprised I didn't I didn't think to mention that. I got distracted by my nonsense. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a perfect A B rhyme. Yeah. In the first verse, uh, and and they. They Max um, manages to maintain it in both, uh, both verses, and it's it's phenomenal. It's mm. really really good, and it's so simple because it's just one syllable. Uh, sorry, it's not even just one syllable. Um, the first a rhyme is one syllable, so no go. Very very simple, but simplicity is the watchword. Then he does that something wasn't right, and so he adds here. So that he can have an extra syllable, but then he makes sure that at the end of the of the next one he adds a year to to keep to maintain the double syllable rhyme. So he goes that something wasn't right here, and then the last line is and now you're out of sight, year. Mm. And the way she has to deliver it is to make here and yeah rhyme. Yes. To to maintain the the thing, which is a twisting of syllables, but it's 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 brilliant. And if you There's if you isolated if you isolated how you know and I think this is you know I, 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 this is where I'm unsure about how much Britney Britney's timbre and tonality and delivery informs 
the rhyme and how much the rhyme informs her timbre and delivery. And and I think I hopefully there's a blurring of both. You know, hopefully it's part, <laughs> it's partly him trying to adapt it to her, and it's partly her trying to adapt to him. I hope it's a marriage yes. of the two. That's in my in my heart yeah. of hearts. <laughs> but um, if you I would isolate love to hear the original demo, right? If you isolate right. the year, I mean, it's so forced. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> well, so so there's an interesting point. So um, the here and the year are are this sort of additional syllables that don't do anything <laughs> grammatically. Uh, they only do things sonically. Um, yeah. And so what I'm wondering is, you know, my in my hypothesis. In a, in a sort of hypothetical version, she's in the booth, and the original line is that something is wasn't right. Yeah, without. And now the you're out of yeah. sight. Yes. But that she said at the end of the end of one take, she went, and now you're out of sight. Yeah, and and she put that note in, and he went, oh, that's great. Um, how can I make mm. that tight mm. with mm. the with the rhyme? And then he shoved a here. Um, at the end, at the uh, at the end of the at the third line, we'll have to ask. Um, him. Well, you know, I'd love to hear the demo. I'd love to hear the demo to <laughs> to find out. But, however, the, the, what I wanted to swing back to is if it if it is in the original like that, and he was able to pronounce it like that, or he got his session singer to do it, he's actually a, a genius level, an analyst of pronunciation. <laughs> Because it, it's not too soon to mention it, but he's operating all of this in his second language. Absolutely. I was just about or, to or go maybe, there. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe not even second, maybe because he's, he's yeah. European, he's Scandinavian. Yeah. It's quite possible that English is his third or yeah. fourth language. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that's just in, insane to me. Mm. It, it's, it's operating on a level that, again, speaks to genius. Mm. For him, for him to be able to go, okay, I know that... And, and by the way, targeting it at a specific demographic, like he was targeting TLC or whoever, he knew that Americans, or when Anglos speak, uh, sing in American accents, they're able to twist year to, to rhyme with here. Mm. That takes quite high level linguistic knowledge i I feel like it's it's kind of a second nature maybe that maybe they're more because it's not their first language and they're coming at it as learning you know yourself hugo i'm sure when you've learned other languages that you're more focused you're more aware of the grammar and pronunciation than you would be of your native language yeah you kind of have to be yeah but and you know that's all valid um but this is this is a deeper level of of linguistic understanding understanding this is this is knowing this is knowing the flexibility that a certain type of native speaker is able to have oh when sorry they're my performing in a certain go ahead no sorry my, my my whole point not trying to be a counter uh, or anything to what you said before about the awareness of the of those phonetics oh yeah but rather to underpin it um you know oh, stating yeah, totally. if you're more aware of it then that's like it's a very conscious deliberate choice to true. to do that yeah true 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 and you know, respect to the um, Scandinavian uh, people in general, their ability with with um, with learning the English language is is just astonishing. It's it crazy. All, it, you know, it's fascinating because it goes back into the roots of the English language. Like, obviously, we get mm. raided by Danes and mm. and uh, and Saxons and Utes and stuff like that, mm. and so they came through and uh, and and implanted their language everywhere. Mm. So there's common roots, and that means that 
Scandinavian people in particular find it easy to learn English. It's kind of a full um, circle. <laughs> it is a kind of a full circle. And, and, you know, it means that people like ABBA, you know, it's, it's where it comes from. It, apart from their music, musical ability, their ability to write smash hits in English is, is due to the kinship that English has with, uh, with Scandinavian languages. Am I, am I correct in, in thinking or remembering perhaps that um, when ABBA did Eurovision with a song in English, that that was kind of unheard of? Like that was a revolutionary thing? Is that correct? You're, you're testing me. I'm not sure. Um, I, I don't know because when we, when we know our Eurovision history in England, all we know about really is maybe the winners and... <laughs> And the English, the British um, artists. That's all we know up to a certain point. Eurovision is fascinating. We'll we'll probably end up doing That's, some Eurovision lyrics at some point. It's a whole universe, whole universe. Insanity. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how to answer to your mm. question. But no, that's Waterloo cool. would be a great candidate for a, for an episode on this. I'm <laughs> sure if we check the shadowy overlords <laughs> list, I'm sure it's on there. It might be in there somewhere <laughs> in, in the in the great jukebox of demands. Oh my God! It's such a long list. Um, okay, well, so let, let's, let's, what, what do you want, if, if we're happy with this kind of broad, broad brush structure yep. of, of Max yep. versus Brittany, pre-chorus, who, yep. who do you want to tackle first, Max's perspective or Brittany's? No, let, no, let's, let's keep going, let's go back to Brittany, let's, let's keep that order. Cool. Okay, so what's, what's going on here? Well, I was, I was unaware of what was going on, um, obviously I've, I've erred. Um, so in, with that knowledge now, in retrospect, show me how you want it to be. Like now, now that I'm aware that there was something lacking, you know, com- communicate, tell me what you want. Um, tell me baby, cause I need to know now, now. Yeah. <laughs> Good breakdown. Good reading. Uh, yeah. Like let's, 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 let's fix this. Yeah. Precisely. You know, There's a willingness, to, a willingness, and a desire to reunite. Yeah. And a willingness to compromise. Oh, I want to make it work. Maybe a little too much. Too much? Oh. Yeah. I I know that this is a line that people champ against. Is that a word? They buck against this one in in the modern world, and they have done since since this song was released. But this hang on. sounds a little bit too submissive to many people. But hang on, that's presumptuous. I think. Oh, I agree. That's. I think there's a, there's there's some there's some projection going on there because if you take it literally, yes. if you take it literally, the golden law of projection, projection the, <laughs> the golden rule of woke projection, Euclides Euclides law, of, the the second law of thermodiprojections. Um, yes. If you take it literally, there's there's a request. And there's a justification for the request. It's it's there's no there's no promise of you know submission. It's li- it's literally show me how you want it to be. It's not saying show me how you want it to be, and then I'll do exactly what you say without question. It's show me because I need to know. It's a request for information and communication, connection. That's I love that there's take. no submission I, here. There's no submission. That's true. I love that take. Um, however, I would say that when we get into the further, further on, there is a sense that the stakes are extremely high. <laughs> I'm just that, taking these the lines literally. <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. But you, you know, it, it, I am too. But with a slightly broader context of, you know, my, the, 
The next line, not to, the next not line. to um, spoil, <laughs> not to do spoilers, but she says my loneliness is killing me. So um, the point I think is that that people are are linking that and saying, well, it's a life or death situation in her mind, and therefore this is a this is an admission of submission. Not uh, not to throw in a weak rhyme there, but um, so so that's the where, where people come from. I'm with you. I think that this is just a a, a an overture for commu- for clear communication, and I don't think I I think that that's relatively wholesome um, from a relationship perspective. I know that there's a tinge of desperation here. Someone might say, um, you know, some might say that it's a little excessively mm-hmm, one sided, but I don't believe so. I think I think I'm I'm. I fall with you. I reckon that this is an overture, a request for clarity. And and somebody telling you how they want the relationship to be is actually a, a positive, no matter what. Yeah, even 100%. If you don't like 100%. Yeah. If you disagree with yeah. it, if you have boundaries that are in contravention to it, fine. But if you don't, if you are, if you are unaware of what the other other party's position is and what they would like to see, then you you've got no hope of uh, of having autonomy as far as being able to make a decision either way. Awesome, I I, I agree with that completely. So yeah, all, all told, a wholesome overture. <laughs> um, jumping go headlong, do it into the allegorical level. Now I think that this speaks to the. Um, the passivity mm. uh, uh, and the duality between passivity and proactiveness. The the sleeping beauty here is requesting information. Is not is not uh, making any mention of own actions. It's purely a request for action to be taken. I agree on the part of the of the proactive or or moving. Um, let's say. Uh, active part of the psyche, let's say. Um, could could we could we so, t- entitle them as the protagonist? <laughs> hey, nice. I Should like we? That. I, I like mean, that. I feel like that's where yes, you're going anyway. It is. It is pretty much in a dramatical sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. That'll work. Um, so so, yeah. It's all about saying to. In fact, um, saying to the, maybe. You know, maybe it's a, it's a sign that that the separation. Um, even though it's unstated as such, is it has actually been a, a more of a mutual cause of this separation. As as how could it not be, sure. seeing as these are these are united parts of the psyche by nature. Mm. The fact that they've become separated has to have been caused by both. Mm. So um, the unawareness on the part of the of the passive part of the psyche and a a lack of communication, a lack of of active. Um, measures oh, terrible terrible term <laughs> lack of activity from the from the protagonist yeah why not let's use that term uh, it's in, in, interesting so, that interesting that you're um, assigning um, action in to the passivity I, I think that's that's an interesting take yeah that it is it, in, it is isn't it the action of inaction I, yeah I, I like that yeah cool. well I'm also assigning passivity to the active yes, part yeah hundred percent yeah the, the active p- the active part has not 
communicated and therefore and the passive part has not been active and therefore mm. a schism has occurred mm. in this in this unified psyche in this formerly unified psyche um because have i i'm loving this yin and yang vibe that's going on this is cool yeah that's that's the vibe and and so sorry that that relates to the line i shouldn't have let you go mm. and i forgot to say it at the time but it implies that they were unified in this in the psychic in the in the psycho spiritual realm mm. okay so then so then yes the the part of the reunification of the active and the passive parts is the seemingly passive part taking on the role of of activity and action and that line is because i need to know now mm. <laughs> tell me because i need to know now so the the passive part must make a request which is a form of action in itself and by yeah. making the active request is actually taking the first step to reunification mm. of active and passive of yin and yang yeah mm. um okay let's get into this monstrous beast of a chorus The first thing that the first thing that strikes me is uh, always has struck me is that there's a little syncopated hi hat hit, just, you know. Mm. Oh man, I love it. Anyway, amazing programming, amazing. Well, that's it. This is the this is the levels <coughs> that Max works on. This lyric just, uh, <coughs> lyric show. <coughs> lyric lyric show. Yeah, yeah. Well, you what? Know, hi, hi everyone. Yeah. <laughs> My loneliness. Okay, my loneliness is killing me. It's killing me, Hugo. Yeah, I'm dying. But you know, a brief, a brief, um, a brief journey. Um, you know, we we know now that um, physiologically, neurologically, that emotional pain is is read in the brain the same as physical pain. There's no difference according to you know the brain. So yeah, right? you'd feel like you, when you feel like you're dying, your your brain is recognizing the exact same sensations of actually physiologically dying. So yeah, yeah. Well, it, uh, and that's right. And and you know, yeah, it's it's serious. Let's just say that the first line is laying out the stakes. It's it's life or death. Um, this you know, souffle, and, 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 you know. F well, precisely from the from the teen perspective, oh, this is just perfection. Gosh. gosh. Because anybody, anybody who's had this experience of, of kind of tumultuous teenage torrid relationships knows that that's exactly what it feels like. On a it's daily exactly basis. What it feels like. Well, you're just <laughs> subsumed with this drama that, of your own creation, basically. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, from the teen perspective. 100%. So this is just wonderful writing that he's done here. I mean, uh, yeah, sometimes I used to... I, I did wonder when I knew that this was written by a guy, whether it um, was too vicarious and whether it really, really resonated with young girls as well. But I think that's out, that's beyond question. It resonated with me. really did. Yeah, precisely. No, 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 exactly. But, but that's the point. So I was listening yeah. to it from a boy's perspective and it resonated with me. Yeah. And so sometimes I wondered, did he really, uh, did, does it resonate with girls? Uh, 
But I think that's that's out of the question. I think that a, a song with this much universal appeal yeah. really did. I think he succeeded. I would have to. Yeah. Sorry. That, you don't that's sell. Dis- that's you don't go to but... number one. <laughs> that's right. Well, you, but you don't you don't go to number one in, in, in every country that it's charted in without it resonating with both genders. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think you don't go to number one if it resonates with male genders. I think it Only. goes to yeah, number precisely. one. It has to it has Only. to resonate with females. That's how you get to number one. Priority. Priority. Okay, that's a the, very the, interesting statement. The charts that I don't think... Look, I'm, here, here we go. Here's a big call, Ming. I don't think the yeah. charts give a fuck what guys think about your song. <laughs> okay, that is so interesting. If the, girls, if the girls statement. like it, the guys will like it. Guys can like it and girls don't like it. And I'm being... Of, of course, I'm being really, really obtuse here. But... Um, yeah, I, I think no, I, I think it. I think the I think the I think the f- the female identifying purchasing public, that's the you know that's where the taste is made. Consumer consumer dollars, yeah, more I think than sixty so. percent yeah. uh, in the in the charge of um, the females. Yeah, so interesting, very very interesting statement. I wonder if we can come back to this <laughs> n- next time we have a Maybe next we time shouldn't. we have a charting song. No, 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 but it's perfect. I love it. Next time we have a charting song, yeah. just to reflect sure. occasionally, like, is this, did this chart, because of, it? does this fit with Ming's broad, God, well, grand unifying know, theory of let's, let's never female revisit consumerism? It. No, no, I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm, you, I've, I've fallen on many a grenade on this show already. And this might be the first grenade. Oh, that it can't Ming's be my on. first. And surely there's surely I'm And all strong. I want to do all I want to do is 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 test it over time and just see. Because I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying, right. well, it will be interesting. I don't know how we're because gonna find are, the data. Well, but no, no, just purely from the songs that we look at. Oh, okay. And and we we're just gonna ask ourselves, is this the is this speaking to the female perspective? Mm. Or is this one of the exceptional ones that spoke mostly to the male perspective and mm. still charted? Mm. See what I'm saying? Mm. I like anyway, this. we'll see. Cool. And did that change over time as the consumer dollar moved ah. more under the charge of females, which it has? It's now well over sixty percent. It's got to be consumer dollars. It's got to be. Are are um are spent by by females. It's got to be. Very interesting perspective. Okay, that was that line. My loneliness is killing me. And I, I love these parenthetical bits. They're they're and highlight. I... The vo- vocal arrangements, genius. Yes, it's amazing. Um, I must confess, I still believe. Now, another angle from from why this song would have spoken to Britney is bef- before we started recording, you read a dedication from Britney. What, how did it begin? First, I want to thank God for the blessing of song. Yes, thank you. Now, I think that this line would have stood out to her from a from an archetypal religious perspective. Well, it was loomed very large the, in her early life. Pre- precisely. But, but you know, so she's, she, you know, at, at this point in her life, at least, she's <laughs> religious. So the, 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 the presence of the word confess yeah. in there, oh, yeah. I don't think is just sort of accidental. Even in the teen, even in the teen level uh, of, this, of this meaning that we're diving into, I think it's... I think it's dripping with uh, sort of uh, an awareness of the religious weight that that word holds, mm. and 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 backed up uh, in on the next line too. Yeah, 
which one I still believe? Well, you, uh, well, I, I call that the same line. I, I meant, um, sure. Give me a sign. Yes, we'll we'll, we'll definitely get to that. <laughs> yeah. A quick a quick note on the on the A B rhyme here because mm. it gets tighter. Yes. My loneliness, I must confess. Brilliant. Not not a wasted syllable. There. My I must. Okay. Lonely. Lonely. Lunes confess it's tight really yeah. fucking tight and then killing me still yeah. believe oh. <laughs> tight tight really freaking tight um writing from matt yeah. just gorgeous mm. okay when i'm not with you i lose my mind you know we're we're, we're coming down fairly um fairly soft on the on the angles here at of this being wholesome or not is that is that a healthy perspective or is that just understandable teenage hormonal stuff for for me so, sometimes i think that you could look at this like that hey that's a bit excessive losing losing your mind when someone's not around that's not very healthy man i, I healthy or not i f- feel like that daily hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no well okay i mean there's um i'm sure you're aware of attachment theory uh, yes, psychology. I was hoping you, but I'm um, not not. Yes, attachment theory for sure. Yeah, but I was hoping you could you could uh, enlighten us on on some of the psychological angles in this as well. Well, I mean, in in attachment theory, that would be uh, that would definitely fall into the camp of the anxious, preoccupied um, attachment style. Which and and obviously these are there's these are broad strokes and not not defining limitations of people they they are observations of certain styles of behavior or thought patterns that can be changed over time to become what the what attachment theory refers to as secure attachment as opposed to insecure attachment um so the the concept of of you know when i'm when i'm not with you i lose my mind if someone said that in that very wonderfully simplistic way um you know, I think that they're identifying that uh, a sense of abandonment or a lack of connection creates an insecurity in the uh, a response from the nervous system um, that makes you feel unsafe. It, it, it triggers your your flight or fight response and and or fawning and freezing are the other two um, of the four um, responses that one can have that manifest in different ways. But this idea of um, I'm losing my mind. I'm, I feel out of control because I feel disconnected from you. I feel abandoned by you. I'm 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 preoccupied and anxiously preoccupied with what you're thinking about me. Where what my place in your life is. My my role in my world is unsettled because I I establish my security sense of self based on how we interact. You know, so that would be a, a really brief overview of that. I think. Yeah, that was great. I've heard the term dependency or codependency. Is that at all related to this? Yeah, I think I, th- I think the codependency and dependency or independence probably would be the opposite of codependence uh, uh-huh. in the psychological settings. I, I think they're the kind of older terms. Okay, but uh, they still they still have a role to play. Um, and and but the thinking. Uh, the thinking previously, I think, 80s, 90s, was that codependency has been portrayed as a, a really negative concept that you one needs the other. But I think, I think that's that, I think that's an overtly negative take. I think you know you probably would 
um, feel in agreement with the idea that being able to depend on another, you know, someone very um, close to you, intimately connected to you, being able to depend on each other in a mutual fashion and sometimes not always equal, but in a, in a broadly egalitarian way. I, I, I take care of you sometimes when you can't and you take care of me sometimes when I can't and, you know, and in different mm-hmm. varying degrees over time. You know that that's is that necessarily a negative thing? I, I think the the concept of codependency I've, I've been reading lately has been sort of revisited a bit. Okay, great. Anyway, um, okay, no, no, that's absolutely <laughs> fascinating. Um, see, I'm serious because you know th- there it is. Like a, th- th- that's a lot. I mean, my loneliness is killing me. Is is deep and it shows the stakes. When it's I'm extreme. not with you, I lose my mind. Also shows the stakes. It's, it's extreme. extreme. It's extreme. Pleading. Last two lines. Pleading. Or, you know, line by line. Pleading, exactly. Pleading. Give me a sign. Give me a sign. Mm. You want to talk about that line individually from a teenage perspective? Oh, jeez. Um, well, there's there, we've established that there's been a lack of communication. There's been some, something missing uh-huh. already, right? Yes. yes. So, please, please yeah. let me know something. Yeah. Yes, precisely. Mm. And given that they're out of sight... Yeah. And and they're saying, give me a sign, give and me then a sign. we get. What did you say? Well, sign, sight, sign, sign, Precisely. sign, sign. sign. We'll, we'll we'll get in the allegory uh, shortly because oh, it's Sorry. all damn deep. There, no, 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 no. It's just it's just that's going to come in really, really strongly in the allegorical section. <laughs> and then we get the we get the title line. What was supposed to be the title line? Hit me, baby, one Hit more me, time. Hit me, baby, one more time. This was the reason that TLC rejected the song. Uh, the the label rejected the song because they could not get past the notion that it's physical violence or they thought it was far too suggestive of physical violence yeah, you know. uh, to be something they wanted to stand by. Now, have you, have you heard the, the explanation for why it says hit me baby one more time from, no. from Max Martin's perspective? No, not at all. Well, this is where, this is where the allegorical and the, and the teenage perspective are going to collide headlong. Because um, the explanation that's been put out is that this is a language mistake. Max, Max and whoever else was writing it thought that you could say, hit me, meaning like call me or text me or something. And, and I, I can sort of see it. Maybe someone said, oh, hit me up on the phone later or something like that. Maybe they heard that. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Well, hang but, on. There was, there was a big, big phrase going around for a long time. Hit me on my pager. Right. That was, that yeah, was around I, for years. I have no problem with it. Mm. I have no problem with it at all. So I think it was it was very cowardly on the part of the of the um, absolutely late TLC's label absolutely. not to not to see through it. Well, hang on a second. I, let but, me be more forgiving because perhaps you know perhaps there's uh, maybe there's more personal experiences of domestic violence or violence in general. True. Um, particularly within that camp, and so maybe that's the lens through which they viewed it, and they couldn't see it any other way. I, no, that's not unreasonable. I I think it's I think it's a little over the top, but that's classic, you know, American labels and you know, focus groups probably. Yeah, well, that's also why it has this unique titling of of beginning with an ellipsis. Is it the only? Is it the only song to ever chart? Let's say that begins with punctuation. It's yeah, a good question. Of this kind. Yeah, that's a good question. Like I know some might begin with parentheses, you know, <sighs> but this one begins with three dots. 
It's crazy. It's the most punctuated, <laughs> wow, <laughs> most me, punctuated um, song title. I'm trying to, I'm trying to scan my visual memory, which is shit. <laughs> Good question. Hit, hit me with the yeah. Go on. Hit me with the zeitgeist. So, so Hugo, and um, you were. See, I didn't. Maybe I'd, <laughs> I. This is weird. This is a weird announcement. Um. You know, I was in my early days of my music degree and we were doing musicological analyses of, of material. And I, in riling against the inherent elitism, even within my course, which my course was a bit of an outcast from my university and the music school in general. Um, but even within the degree, the, my, my class, my experimental class, um, there was rampant elitism. Um, and I and I railed against this ferociously, and my my biggest way of being rebellious against this elitist concept, and and by that I mean certain music is valid, other music is invalid. Um, and because my degree was a popular music degree at the Queensland Conservatorium, we were kind of treated like the rubbish by the rest of the mm-hmm. conservatorium. But within my degree, and we recognized this, we all felt it, it was, it was really obvious. But within my degree, mm. certain forms of music were also given elite status and considered valid. Your Beatles, mm-hmm. your Stones, your Bob Dylans. Your Radiohead. You know, your, your Radiohead, your Pink Floyd. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. other music, pop music, chart music, yeah. was... was the vulgar. Was, was treated as trash. So... Um, the way I railed against this was very juvenile and naive kind of explorations of, of musicology and um, cultural semiotics. But I, I chose actively to focus on stuff that was at the top of the invalid pile. And I did a whole number of, um, we'll call them pamphlets at best, flyers, not essays, on um, uh, using Britney Spears, the artist and material as as most of my subject stuff. So... Um, but what I didn't realize wait, about you, you printed stuff off and and posted it up around the uni. What were you doing? What do you mean? Oh, you when I pamphlets? when I say pamphlets and flyers, I mean I was writing um, cult, semiotic analyses or you know um, musicological essays, but they weren't. They were like you know a, f- a thousand words or something. They weren't you know they weren't deep enough, uh, and I wasn't informed enough. They were and there wasn't posts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was updating my mind. Of their time, right? Yeah, kind of. No, I mean, they were like, they were for school projects for assignments. We, but we know this type of writing now. You know, it's like short form, punchy, personal. Oh, it was no, it was it was in, intended to be academic. Oh, you. Oh, sorry, this wasn't personal. Yeah. This was part no, of your course. No, no. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So when you were when you were, I thought you were carrying out some kind of kind of activism, like. Uh, <laughs> You know, posting these these thoughts out to the uni, like, "Hey, come on, oh, you guys need no. to pay attention." No, 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 okay. no, no, no. So, so basically, when when you were given an assignment, yes, they uh, were if, basic. If I, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> you you got given an assignment, and you would you would deliberately lean towards things like pop music in order to mm. um, show that they were valid from an analytical perspective. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, from an academic perspective. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, and what I didn't realize, I mean, so what I'm, what I'm saying here is I, I feel like I was pretty deeply entrenched in the Britney Spears zeitgeist. Um, and, Evidently. And, and, <laughs> and investigating it, you know, critically 
um, and placing it within a socio-cultural context. Um, but I didn't, it didn't realize that there was, you know, some of the stuff you've been revealing to me so far that it was so controversial, this song. And in fact, I was just chatting to someone in our brief interlude, um, and they were, they were mentioning to me completely independent uh, that this was controversial. Um, I didn't get to get into, I, I wanted to ask them, oh, hang on, why? Like, you know, what controversies were they referring to? Because I was interested to see if they were talking about different ones uh, than you, um, in particular in response to this, the, the hit me. Um, and I mean, I, I, maybe this is another very telling of my naivety and my innocence at the time, <laughs> um, even investigating it academically. But I, in my mind, hit me was a combination of let's communicate Let's hit each other up, and um, and you know sonically, it's like there's orchestra hits in the production in the music, you know, um, exactly. and it's it's a it's a hook, and it's, it's going to be a, a hit. It's a hit. It's a it's a cue point, like it's a it's a musicological um, cue, you know. Um, uh, what do they call it? A uh, a musicomatic occurrence is the academic Whoa. language. Um, Stealing so, that. So, you know, these things are like orchestra hit, hit me up. Like for me, I just hear it as, oh yeah, it's a Swedish dude that wrote a song in English and it's, you know, aimed at teenagers and it's got to make the line fit, fit the, you know, the phraseology has to fit the rhythm and whatever. Like it, I don't even think twice about it. But now today I'm finding all this mention of how controversial it is, but I had no idea. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's very interesting. I mean, I wouldn't call it naivety. I would just, I would just call it sanity. How was I supposed to know? Because, ah, nice. That something wasn't right here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because you mentioned the word um, critically, like you were doing, you were carrying out a critical analysis. But there's another, there's another um, form of the word critical, which is all about uh, deconstruction. And um, yeah, well, we've gone into it in other in other topics in our lives, <laughs> but the, but but there's a whole other realm of so-called critical analysis, which is to analyze it from an analyze anything from an oppressor standpoint, an oppressor oppressed standpoint. Mm, mm. So, and and this is this is completely relevant because we're about to go into the allegorical yes, part of it. Yeah. The 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 jumping the jumping on into the the sorry, how can I describe this? The the vociferous enthusiasm to leap to a to an a sadomasochistic uh, interpretation and and uh, oppressor oppressed narrative in this song is exactly the same phenomenon that is incapable of viewing the um, the fairy tale Sleeping Beauty, for example, mm. as anything but a um, how can I express that academically a an uninvited non consensual sexual what's the word uh ac action in relation to someone who is asleep literally asleep and going up to them and kissing them which which in any context we would probably say yeah not not ideal but that the mind who is subsumed in the critical lens in the secondary sense mm. is incapable of viewing anything except through the lens of oppressor oppressed so mm. It makes them painfully literal as people, mm. painfully, because and 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 the irony is that they think they're being deep, but really what they're doing is terminating all thought, as as soon as they find an oppressor oppressed narrative, 
and no other interpretation becomes possible. So they hear the words, hit me, baby, one more time, and they take it as, as red. They take it as red, literal, literally a punch. Whether, uh, uh, and, and yeah, go. Yeah, hang, hang on a second. Okay, sure, great, let's do that. But if we are going to take it literally, isn't she consenting? <laughs> no, I seriously, yes. I'm being genuine. Is no, she no, not but you're consent- right. She's you're making right. a request. I, she, she may be, but she may also be a victim of a sort of um, a form of possession, a form of a form of um, psychological manipulation. Doesn't seem like she it because in- she was the one no. who let go. No, okay. So whenever I talk in the next few minutes, what I'm doing is trying to give the what the critically conscious type person would would say. Great. And so, yeah. Excellent. So I'm not. I I don't. I don't obviously believe this hypothesis, but I, I can I'm not, adopt I'm not this in, hypothesis. I'm not interrogating you. I'm interrogating be, the hypothesis. No, no. Indeed, indeed, indeed. <laughs> and and okay. With that with that in mind, let's let's go on and I'll let's and I'll occupy it. the mode. Let's which do I, it. Which I have no problem doing because I used to be critically conscious. Um, so that's why I have no trouble. Um, analyzing anything from this perspective. I used to be it. Um, so anyway, yes, okay. So uh, I'll be woke and say, no, Ming, um, she's in- she's incapable of giving consent because she is, um, she is, she occupies a permanent oppressed role in the hierarchy in relation to the toxic male who um, occupies a permanent seat of power over her. So even if she is under the illusion that she's giving consent, she's not. She's assenting to um, her oppressed position in in the hierarchy. Can I can I ask um, purely so purely based on the evidence before us, which is the lyrics? Um, where is the evidence of uh, the oppressor and the oppressed? Are you saying purely from the the Sleeping Beauty allegory? Right. No, no, that doesn't come into it at all. That's okay, just a, cool. That's just an interesting parallel. Yeah, um, cool. It just comes from the from the mere fact of of the post Marxist view of gender relations, so sexual, so, sex relations, so, sex hierarchy. So because it's being sung by a female, that the meaning infused into the words is inherent of um, you know patriarchal oppression. Is that correct? Almost. Okay. It, clean that's, me up. That's, clean me up. that's that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. But the slightly <laughs> No, no, but the slightly the slightly more sophisticated critical uh critically conscious thinker I'm I'm making scare quotes there. Um <laughs> would say ah it is with a female voice but this was written by a man. Yeah. So that's what and I was going to So it's ask. a male it's a male power fantasy. Oh, because ah right, I'm with you now. Okay. He's literally put words into the mouth of the submissive female right and but, turned her into a, a a sock puppet of submission but this this interpretation relies solely on the fact that a male wrote the lyrics and a female is performing them so what what would what would maybe happen in the pause, event pause for a second <clears throat> J- just a second um n- no it would be enough that a w- even if a woman wrote this because she would be trying to appeal. She's already a victim. She's already a victim. To the, 
it w within the superstructure of toxic mm. masculinity and okay. patriarchy that we exist in okay. and her attempting to appeal to a broad audience within this right. innately oppressive structure the, the, the capitalist to... patriarchal oppressive society you got yep. it cool cool she, all right precisely so she has had to adopt the 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 uh the vocabulary of a mm. submissive a uh, mm. masochistic sock puppet mm. so so my question was going to be what if this had been written by a male but performed by a male um and would it say would it if, say all the lyrics, the lyrics are the same uh, all the lyrics are the same no so so the lyric would be boy you've got me blinded oh yeah where's that it's later next, uh that's in next, the second next verse yeah, next verse so would that be girl you've got me blinded yep in that case, everything will be fine. Thank you. Yeah. I just want to say this right now. Hmm. Okay, yeah. let's move on. Everything will be fine because, because the because the oppressor oppressed hierarchy has been has been equalized. It's been it's flattened out. But I'm you know I'm just I'm just cognizant of the fact that songwriters write songs and then you know A and R people and publishers try and get those songs recorded. And then they try and get those recordings released so that they can claim royalties. So any song can be written by anyone and then can be performed and recorded and by anyone. You know, so you might think this song is a better match or we can do something with it depending on the artist um, and what have you. But there's there seem, it seems extremely presumptuous to me to expect that there is an inherent meaning within a work that is presumptive of the scenario about how that work comes about. Yeah. There, well, it just happens Robert's to be that this was a, a male-gendered person that wrote the yes. song and a female-gendered yes. artist who performed it on this particular recording. And, I'm, I mean, really, it could have mm -hmm. gone to any artist and been manipulated in any way, or you know what I mean. So I'm just saying within the industry, songs get placed with artists all the time and sometimes they get recorded and they get released and it's until somebody else does it, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, when you say... Um it's grossly over presumptuous or sorry, I would say that I would say that gross anti-intellectual over presumption and arrogant overstatement of, of baseless hypotheses of someone's uh, inherent internal motivations would be a neat summation of the woke philosophy. So yeah, it's all about um, far overextending one's abilities to, um, to hypothesize what someone's internally thinking and ascribing malicious motivations to them. That's a great summary of it. This might be a great time to remind people to drop us a line and let us know how you think we're going. <laughs> uh, well, Ming, Ming fell on a grenade earlier, so I thought I better fall on 10. <laughs> I feel like um, I, set, I set the grenade. Anyway. That's fine. I'm happy to fall on it. That's where I'm at at the moment. Grenade me one more time, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I want to. We've got more. We've got more choruses to go. Yes. Um, and when we get to them, we can maybe talk about the different ways this hits. Great. From a teenage perspective. Great. I think. But I guess before we move into the archetypal, I just want to. I I guess I just want to say um, overall that it that it's masterful. <laughs> 
and it and it's and it's just continues with the the melodramatic the mel- the simplicity the simplicity of the lyrics belies the scale of the melodrama and that where, is in the lyrics when have we ever experienced this before uh yes indeed well <laughs> yeah yeah i mean look look that see that's like a fun in joke for us because we're just like <laughs> oh yeah well that's what bohemian rhapsody was like but imagine somebody saying oh baby one more time is akin to bohemian rhapsody and people would just go what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like but you know i think that we've unlocked why that is like that's yeah th- this is a sign of true genius the mastery of the mastery of the ability to lay something down that's simple that says so much and and really. i mean you know we we talked about this a lot with dylan as well um yeah. and you know drawing upon drawing upon archetypes drawing upon mythology drawing upon ancient ancient history i mean this is the this is the oldest dance indeed the poet yeah for sure and and you know let's not jump the gun too much but but um our friend uh, Max here is is really showing himself to be a superlative poet. Yeah. Um, okay, maybe we'll have a quick look at this chorus. Um, yeah. From from the archetypal angle. Yes, let's so do it. Imagining that this is the feminine, and this is going to be a word that triggers people as well. But we're we're talking sort of archetypal Jungian Arch- archetypes, archetypes, where yeah. where f- feminine doesn't necessarily correlate with with woman or girl it, it's just a, it's it's an archetypal way to divide reality or the psyche so the feminine here is talking about in my opinion on an allegorical level the the animus or the or the masculine part that is estranged from it and and the feminine needs to reincorporate the masculine animus at this point so reading it from that perspective my loneliness is killing me that's perfect like that, it would be the feeling of the of the feminine without w- having been estranged from the animus. I must confess, okay, I still believe. So, within the isolation, the lone, the the deadly loneliness of the isolation, there is a glimmer of hope, similar to the the, the remaining object in Pandora's box being hope. <laughs> There's a last hope. They still believe, but it's couched in this. It's couched in this language of um, the the mental. So where does the faith lie? It lies in the mental. A, be- belief, a belief is a is a thought. Mm. It's not a feeling. No, that's it's right. A, it's a thought. So mm. we're in we're in the headspace. Uh, mm. So so within the effort to reunite the head and the heart, the heart has a belief. Mm. The, the 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 passive receptive part has a belief, holds a belief, has a faith. Mm. And then that confess word has a deeper yeah. meaning because um, if I if I had to couch it in the in terms of social pressures and things like that, um, a confession is like something that maybe someone's a little bit ashamed of. So someone's confessing here that they still believe. So maybe there's been like a social pressure to excise the animus, excise the masculine and mm. not be conscious mm. and not be acting in the world in a, in a creative manner or, oh, a, this is or, really, a, or a robust manner. This is really interesting. So, I like this. Well, so, yeah, so then to confess it is, is, is mm. to actually finally acknowledge that no, 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 no. Even though 
this world, this reality has forced me to become unconscious. Mm. I, I must confess, I still oh, believe. God, this is, uh, right? you know, I mean, and who, who could have known at the time? But I mean, in hindsight of this particular woman's um, yes. life experience, I mean, this is just such a, such a foretelling, um, like a subconsciously observant, Oh man, yeah, I'm I'm loving where interesting. You're going with this. this is very interesting. Okay, just given that this is effectively a time capsule of its own, <laughs> what what are you talking? What are you talking about? In case someone's listening to this in fifty years' time and yes. they have no idea what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, well, hopefully they just won't. That'll be safer for all involved. Um, well, obviously, <laughs> obviously, this this young lady, uh, this now you know this woman, and or oh, she's got a song. Um, uh, not not not, not, not yet. yet. Yeah. yeah. What is it? I'm um, not a girl. No, I'm not a girl. Not, not yet a woman. Yet a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. That's gonna um, that's gonna end up on this show. Britney Spears, who's essentially been, you know, in interred, um, uh, controlled against her will, um, physically, um, uh, uh legally. Um, you know, sexually, finan- sexually, financially, and reproductively. Yeah, some someone who, um, as uh, is pretty common knowledge, you know, has come from a reasonably conservative um, Republican Christian background, and um, had uh, you know, over the last few years, been involved in a American legal conservatorship, where essentially somebody else is. Somebody else is responsible. She has no autonomy. Somebody else makes the calls on what happens and doesn't happen to her in her life. Um, down to and who her, specifically for our for our well, for our twenty fifty listeners? Yeah, her father in particular, who um, you know that that during during her early life or you know during her up and coming fame years, um, it was about it was her and her mum and her sister, I believe, or the, you know, is it just a sister? At least one sister, I think. But it was. Um, you know, it seemed that her mother was a single parent. I thought that raised them uh, for for the bulk of that period of time. Um, so the the father, who was um, reasonably uh, outsider, um, interesting that he is the person that has been the legal guardian. I, I it's I have no idea how it sort of came about. Really, even though it's really well publicised. Yeah, but very odd. It's strange I hadn't stuff. Thought of that actually. Strange stuff. Well, I mean, so you and and for, just for context, so that went on for about eleven years, I think, the last eleven oh, years. Yeah, yeah. And just a couple of months ago, um, Brittany was legally allowed to break this conservatorship. I, saw, I I don't know about you, Ming, but I had never heard that term before. Me either. And I'd never heard it, and I honestly had no idea it was even possible. It's it's a form of modern slavery. Um, yeah. I mean, can can you think of a I context just, without knowing the actual legal breakdown, the the real the details, the particulars of this kind of arrangement? Can you? I mean, I can think of possibly, but can you think of a scenario that, you, that not necessarily where this would have come from originally, but you know, a scenario where it could be put in place in a in a, in a positive yeah. way? I, I it would it would only occur. In a in incredibly negative situation, but right. I can. Uh, but it, with that in mind, I can think of scenarios where it it could be potentially rational to do it, and and not not good. Mm. But but people might say, oh, okay, I can see why you had to do that terrible thing. 
and it's you know somebody suffering from dementia for example or psychosis mm. um who nevertheless has assets in the world and they, they need to be managed but yeah. this person if they're left to the devices will wind up provably wind up causing damage to themselves to, right. to people around them to broader mm. society so they have to be placed under this you know a judge might say or a, or a jury whoever might say yes this person has moved beyond the ability to safely manage their own life mm. the the fact that that was done to to britney spears mm. uh by all accounts not not nowhere near the realms of a, a person who um, has lost their f mental faculties. Yeah, and I, and I think that was kind of the the origin of the argument for it, right? Like that, oh, she's not uh, she's not of sound mind, you know. That kind of there's so many great American legal phrases we hear in movies all the time, or you know, yeah. she's H blocked, you know, she's she she's mental, you know, she's incapable of taking care of herself, um, right of making rational safe decisions but i mean i haven't haven't seen anything in the tabloids about any behavior she exhibited or things that she said or drugs that she took or whatever that is even close to the outrageousness of millions of other celebrities before during and after i mean <laughs> yeah um you don't see kanye west under a conservatorship you know, and, and this kind of thing, I think, uh, must only come point. into play when, as you say, there's assets in the world. Someone who has money, someone of that has worth, you know, net worth of more than 200 bucks. I mean, this is the only way that anyone would give a fuck. I mean, I, I can think of... I can think of scenarios, maybe I'm imagining, and maybe I'm stretching here, but I can imagine a scenario where, as you say, someone with, um, you know, extreme psychosis or something where they need to be taken care of normally that seems to be like more of a community like a, a, a health driven decision rather than a legal and and financial decision um and so i can only imagine that this comes into play when there's financial stakes you know greed that's the only way i can think or maybe someone who's the um, the heir to a an old fortune and they have um, some serious debilitating intellectual disability or something. I don't, I don't know, but I feel like these scenarios yeah. must be pretty rare. Yeah, I'd say so. Mm. I, I think that's uh, no pun intended, but that's on the money. Yeah. And so, uh, so just a very, very weird, weird event. Um, so it's just, we, it, it's really interesting for me that you're taking this, you're, you're taking yeah. the read here about this, this, this sense. It seems to be really, um, it seems to be a real preface, you know. Um, well, I uh, agree, and and yeah. you know, just to sorry to cut you off, but no, that's, please. But but okay, and and I'm gonna fall on this grenade <laughs> again. That is the, defending against an attack like that from the toxic, uh, and I'm gonna say it outright. That that father yeah. is a piece of shit. If anything. If anybody exemplifies the toxic masculine, it's yeah. that guy. Yeah. Because so that, ironic. Because he used, well, but he used his his position as a father, which is supposed to be the protector, to in a twisted manner. First of all, as you said, he wasn't present with her growing up. Yeah. So that's toxic for a start. Mm. Then he returns to the scene, manipulates his role as protector in a twisted, 
parody of a father who's now overprotective. Oh my god, these are look, these are song titles. These are all her songs. This is literally track listing. This is bonkers. <laughs> this is crazy. But this is um, it. And yeah, you're. This is crazy. Anyway, yeah. um, so then he manipulates it. He becomes the overbearing tyrant of the yeah. father, which is yeah. the which is the exact form of the patriarch that that you know that um, when it manifests, I agree completely with any feminist minded people who want to critique that mm. when it manifests when it provably manifests like it did in this case mm. so that was an attack from the toxic masculine archetype mm. of her estranged and frankly um manipulative narcissistic father mm. the reason now this is going to sound this is where i'm falling on the grenade <laughs> one of the reasons why she was susceptible to such an attack is very likely that she had not incorporated her animus um adequately she was too susceptible too much she 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 wasn't fully uh balanced in these in these forces now some people say no no it's it, it's not some people in the jungian philosophy a a feminine type person can become possessed by the animus and that can cause all kinds of problems when they become too masculine let's say mm. but the the flip side to that is someone not being masculine enough mm. and the and the positive form of it is is like you you mentioned yin and yang earlier is is having enough of the masculine in the you the balance as a as a feminine type person to to have balance and be able mm. to enact actions enact actions is a terrible way of speaking but enact um, plans in the world and execute those plans and crucially defend yourself yes uh, against yes. attacks and yes. you know be unnaive basically that's what the confluence of the the, the functional confluence of the masculine and feminine mm. um, leads to it leads to the awakening of the princess the sleeping beauty is unconscious mm. the the functional actor the protagonist as you said before breaks through all the barriers and comes and gives the kiss of life to her the true love union occurs and then you have a fully functional human being a mm. it, it, in in the case of a, of a of a woman let's say it's a woman who's who's has all of the uh, wonderful nature given attributes of a feminine person but has just enough of the masculine to not fall victim to things and to be able to enact plans in the world that's the functional awakened beauty um that that the fairy tale is talking about so yes when you point out that this archetypal interpretation of this song is prescient well jeepers i hadn't thought of that that's kind of astonishing it's, it's such a foretelling and i didn't see it coming <laughs> no, until we well, were I in didn't. it yeah wow, it's crazy well, trip. okay. So, I mean, move, yeah. moving on <laughs> through, through on. the lines with this in mind. When when I'm not with you, I lose my mind. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, when the feminine doesn't pos doesn't have that incorporated anima uh, animus, it doesn't have anything like the contact required with the animus. Well, you lose your mind. What is your mind? You know, your mind is where you form plans, where you where you make intentions, where you interpret the world. If you lose your mind. Uh, you're you're asleep. You're unconscious. You're una you're you're totally at the whim of of the forces of nature that many of which are malevolent or maleficent. Hey, 
Dun, dun, dun. Um, okay, and then the next line, give me a sign. What a word in this context. And you mentioned a crucial word, so I kind of want to bat this back over to you. You, When you were talking about your course, you said that you were doing things from a semiotic <clears throat> semiotic interpretation. Mm. How could how could semiotics relate right now to this angle on this song? Yeah, well, the the breaking down of the language. I mean, we, we've we've repeated this idea of sight and senses, um, and how do you how do you experience a sign? And and um, we're we're in the we're in the spiritual realm, are we not? So signs can signs can manifest in in a number of different ways. Um, yes. But I, I mean that there's with you, you know these these choice words of confess, believe, sign. I mean there's there's definite um, Christian undertones, mm. I think, mm-hmm. and which yep. want, once yep. again is either you know if Max Martin wrote this song before he met this young lady. I mean you know how was he to know that it was going to end up with someone who publicly professed their Christian faith quite quite loudly um i mean it's yeah it's a it's strange coincidences i think um yeah strange I, but when you when you open yourself up to narrative and you want to make it as simple as possible mm. and it, i'm gonna fall on a grenade again oh no you're, yeah, you're gonna, right you're right you're right i know where you're going you yeah. open yourself up to narrative and yeah. you, you you say i'm gonna make it simple this is where you land. You always yeah. land back in these archetypes. That's right, and, because it's the and, fast track. It's the it's the easiest way to to write three words, and imbue it with with this meaning. You know, yeah, and 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 the faithful out there um, oh. would say, well, there's a reason for that yeah. because it's <laughs> true. It's true. It's the bedrock. It's yeah. the narrative bedrock. We'll we'll leave that hanging in the air. It's up to people sure. to interpret it. The point is, it's it's either very very easy, or it's a fast track, as you said, or as as Britney Spears might well have thought when she read it, she, she might have said, "Well, this is spiritually true." It resonates with me, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was speaking for her. Then. Okay. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Whoops. Um, hit me, baby, one more time. Okay. <laughs> now, now, why? It, wh- where does hit me? Come fit with this archetype now. So this is where I, you know, personally pull off the veil and go. I don't think Max Martin thought hit me meant phone me or page me at all. I think he used that as an excuse. This is me talking as a ridiculous uh, conspiracy theorist on the archetypal uh, archetypal go on. interpretation. Train. Go on. He wanted to show that um, that he wanted to use a word that meant realization and and realization and sudden sudden um, recognition of truth is like an impact revelation perhaps a, re- a revelation precisely that was kind of the word I was looking for it hits me it oh it just hit me I just remembered yeah 100% so hit me 100%. baby one more time it it needs to it needs to come with an impact. So if he, I reckon, you know, w- within this lens, he's like, okay, okay, oh, hit me up, baby, one more time. Yeah, that works. Uh, with a with a with a teenage, but um, he's from wonder, Austria. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, he's from Austria. He's, he's from Austria. Uh, I wonder uh, if 
No, uh, I wonder if I'm gonna try and get a uh, Swedish chef on it. I wonder if <laughs> I wonder if we could just uh, reduce one word and say "hit me, baby" one more time. Look, I oh, why did you why did you I do gr- that, Max? It sounds a bit like uh, sadomasochism. It's like, oh yes, it's a little bit sadomasochist, that- but uh, but I think we can get away with it. Don't tell them it's an archetypal uh, <laughs> archetypal dream work of having a realization and. And fundamentally being hit with the revelation of existence and combining the psyche in a Jungian form of apocalyptic revelation of Armageddon. <laughs> One more time. One more time. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, look. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree with you. I and and I think I, th- I think I think the the concept of the, I mean it's there it's in the lyrics like asking for a sign literally the lyrics say I need to know like it's it's what what you know it's 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 Jesus in the desert you know 40 days. Yes. Why why God you know tell me give me the sign hit me with the revelation i i think it can be that i think it's that that doesn't deny that um there it's it's a communication it is literally like you know we're saying hit me up hit me up on my pager hit me on my pager yes. call me get in contact communicate it's it's the it's yes. the one and same dialogue i don't see it as separate um and i, yeah, I don't indeed. think i don't think there's any grenades that you're jumping on there i think it's 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 totally right. rational well, there we go. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, hit me, baby, one more time. It's like, is the is the the receiver? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Transmission and receiver. The the receiver sending out a paradoxical signal to the transmitter that it needs a signal. It needs yeah. a sign. That's so called like a, ping. a desperate mayday. A uh, pardon? That's a ping. A ping. Yes, <laughs> ping me, baby. Okay, so ping so the receiver back. is pinging. <laughs> The receiver is pinging, saying, "Hey, ping! I need a sign. I need a signal. I need, I need a transmission." And then, and, and so, and so, the knowledge, the information, the information will come. Yeah, that's it's yeah. begging for to become informed by yeah. the active part. The passive part is begging to become informed by the passive, uh, the active part. Bloody hell! Too much caffeine. <laughs> okay, so that's the that's the archetypal level. Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. <laughs> nice. Okay, let's move on to verse two. Unless you got anything to add to the chorus, there are no. other choruses, so we well, get to. Yeah, there are other choruses, but you know, I mean, that's that's the chorus, you know. Um, and I mean, I think that's we've co- there's covered a lot there. I that's and it's all. I think it's all there. It's all in the lyric. I don't think. You know, yeah. I don't think you're. Um, I don't think you're making any wild stretches of imagination or or, or exuberant connections. I think it's all that's all legit. Um, let's let's hit up. Um, let's hit up the next verse. I 
can't stop seeing all these Christian overtones now. Then they're, they're no longer undertones. Uh-huh. They're now overtones. There's, like, it's... I wasn't gonna say it. I wasn't gonna bring it up. <laughs> I was gonna stay. I was gonna stay in the in the Jungian well, type of uh, well, well, fair. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, he's he's post Christian. Who um, Jungian? Yes. Yeah, you know. So yes, he's. <laughs> you okay, scratch well, anyway, my back. So, I'll I mean, scratch when... yours. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to mention them now, or do you want to analyze it from a teenage perspective, then move into the archetype? Yeah, let's yeah, let's Jesus, do that. Or... Let's do, no, let's do that. Okay, let's, cool. let's stick with the plan. Okay, all right. Um, le- w- plan good. That, okay, that's relevant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> teenage perspective on this. All right, I'll 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 dict- I'll read I'll read. The go, reason go. I breathe is you. Oh wait, hang on. How rude of me. First of all, the hook. Oh baby, baby. Boom. Once again, so. So catchy. The reason I breathe is you. I mean, this is this yeah. is back to the, um, you know, it's it's killing me. This is the desperate. Yes. This is this is real. This is a real deal. This is serious. Yeah, yeah. Literally, the the reason the yeah. reason this this girl is alive, or continuing to live is mm. is you, the boy. Unreal levels of melodrama. Mm. Boy, you got me blinded. You got me what, blinded. Um, yeah. Well, back, this is this is a reoccurring theme of of you know this the sensory thing, sight signs. I mean, um, we're revisiting that, and you know, it we're, is, we're, yeah. and it's tight lyricism on that perspective from from the yeah. perspective of a teenage girl. What does she mean? You've got me blinded, just from a human perspective. Oh yeah, she's she's. This is really influencing her. She's really um, preoccupied with this. She can't um, can't focus on other things. Um, you know, this is this is the priority. This is what's this is what's occupying the mind. Cool. For me, from a uh, purely literal perspective, is that his his light of of his his glow or his charisma and everything like that is so bright. That she's blinded the same way that you look at a, you know, you look at a very bright light afterwards, you're dazed. So that's what I get from blinded mm, mm, from the literal sure. perspective. Yeah. So this is, you know, this is epic. If someone mm. just says this about you. <laughs> yeah, there's are, meaning. You know, this real, is, real There's stuff. meaning. This is, this is, this is real huge high stakes um, romance. Oh, pretty baby. Not just, mm-hmm. not just, oh, mediocre looking baby. <laughs> right, not oh, average baby. It's pretty. Yeah, he's a pretty, it's pretty a pretty baby. baby. Yeah, oh, pretty baby. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that I wouldn't do. Wow. Yeah, like huge. nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, even meatloaf made a caveat. <laughs> even meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, like he made a yeah. caveat, and and sorry, but. Sorry to say it, but um, I don't think I'm thr- jumping on a grenade here. Meatloaf's romantic prospects in the world were not as high as Britney Spears' age 18 Ooh, prospects in the world. I, I don't know. And I feel a very, even, this is a grenade. Even Meatloaf made, made, made sure to have a caveat. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Well, maybe that's just a sign of maturity. 
emotional maturity. Maybe. You know, because great, 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 he's, great, great. he's like, I've got boundaries and I'm putting them out there. Yes. All right. Good. I'm really glad you said that because the, 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 the critically conscious, I don't want to get into it again, but the critically conscious <laughs> type of person would, would analyze this verse and say that it's problematic. Let's sure. just leave it at that. They would say that this is, uh, again, the male power fantasy, the, the manic pixie dream girl, the born sexy yesterday, all this kind of stuff. The, the male has created an ingenue fantasy sock puppet of submission, basically. Oh, sock puppet. <laughs> I, I'm not going there. Uh, I love you. But what you said is much more functional. This is not mature. Yeah. Because you must have boundaries in the God, world, and so boundaries. these lyrics are deli- these these lyrics are hyper ba- hyper um, boundaryless. Oh, I'm looking for a word. They're 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 massively under free range reinforced boundaries. They're free range. There's no boundaries whatsoever. So the person is just melting into the other person. The reason I breathe is you. The reason the reason I'm even continuing to live is you. Um, I can't see anything else. You you've completely dazzled me. I'm dizzy. And and there's nothing that I wouldn't do. Mm. Okay. And then the final line, it's not the way I planned it. <laughs> it's not the way I planned it. Uh, Which suggests that she was yeah. conscious and active and had, yeah. had you know, had her... At one point. Had her eyes open at one point, you know. The, the blinded eyes yeah. weren't always so. Point, yeah, good. And I'm so glad you said that because that's the rhyme. How perfect is that? Yes. Like the, so the blinded and planned it. Yeah. Again, he knows the American pronunciation back to front. Yeah. So, yeah. blanded and planned it works in the American pronunciation. It's genius. Um, <laughs> so, but 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 then but then those two words are the parallel. Blinded yes. and planned it. That's that's it. All ties she, it back. She, she's dizzied and she's. It ties it back. So she's incapable of making plans because she's been blinded. Mm. I mean, that's masterful. That is masterful. It's not just there in the lyric to, to call back. It's the rhyme. The rhyme calls back on itself. Just perfect. It's, it's rhyme scheme-wise, phonetically, and thematically. I mean, it, it's there's some yes. pretty clever stuff going on here. <laughs> this is, a, this is a, a, a masterclass. This isn't random words pulled out of a hat. No, not, a, not in the slightest. Um, so if Max... Ma- Masterton was just sitting around in his living room the image that you you brought up earlier and he just kind of pulled this out he's a freak <laughs> he's a freak 100% because this just doesn't spill out this is so well crafted it's kind of insane okay I think that covers it from the teenage perspective do you agree? Mm, yeah unless you you want to add anything? no I, I think I think I don't know about you I've felt this way you know I can I can empathize yeah. With this, I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's healthy or it's um, something to aspire to, you know. But I, I can empathise with this. Mm. I've, I've, I can relate. I've felt these feelings, and to the to this degree of, yeah. you know. But as I say, you know, we know now that neurologically, physiologically, that 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 emotional sense of pain and death, the brain literally, the body cannot tell the difference. So you know, it's it's not unjustified. In its uh, in its explanation, you know, in, in these terms, why you whilst you you recognise that psychologically and and you know within the context within the within the lens of melodrama, yeah, these are extreme things. But 
you know, if you think physiologically, neurologically, this is this is how this is right. It's how it feels. So it's um it's just interesting, I think, to keep that in mind. Uh, I'm with you, but that's 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 perfect. It's good to remember that this is especially from the immature. That I don't think that's disparaging to say it from the not immature at all. perspective. Not at all. Inexperienced, perhaps. Yeah, inexperienced is is a better way to say it. Um, this is exactly how it feels. Uh, those first flushes of romance. What did Dylan call it? Short pants romance? Yeah, short um, pants. <laughs> this, is, uh, <laughs> this is what it feels like. The total overwhelm. Totally, catch, totally sense. Catch our other episodes. Completely overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, that's a callback, folks. Um, that one actually hasn't been released yet. Uh, um, okay, cool. Let's jump into the archetypal lens. Do it. Yeah. The reason. Oh. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on come on max come on buddy Woo! the reason there the reason no, i breathe is you there cheeky is no wink. reason there's no reason cheeky wink yeah, yeah she's got she's she's she needs to reconnect with the rational part yeah um and and um so yeah the reason i breathe is re- reason um yeah so she's the, the, on a psychic on a psych what's the word psychosocial level she, um, she's non-functioning. the 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 female archetype is non-functioning in this in this scenario, um, and dying effectively, uh, or realizing that they're dying, and blinded. So you mentioned that blinded is 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 in keeping with all of this light imagery that's mm. come out before. Yeah, from an archetypal perspective, that's exactly what it would be. The feminine is the darkness in this case, the passive receiver of the light signal. The light is information. And, and the capacity to reason and see and perceive anything, really. Um, so um, without it, in this case, it's not dazzling like it was in the teenage part. I, in my opinion, that was the best, in, you know, my interpretation of that. It's blinded in the sense that completely residing in darkness. Um, no, no ability to perceive whatsoever or get orientation, nothing. Just residing in chaos and darkness. Uh, and boy, you know, uh, why not? Just chuck it in there because we're talking about the male archetype, the masculine yeah. archetype. Sorry. So, so it's just to hammer home, you know, that that we're referring. So, to. so is is this masculine archetype reason capital R? It is reason, and she's breathing in yeah. him, oh, oh. which is reason. I'm so glad you said that. Yes, precisely. Well, that that's one of the things that that the animus brings to the feminine archetype is reason. And it's the, arguably the most important because you, you want to be um, feminine, aligned in, in every respect, but you also want to be able to enact uh, plans in the world. And plans is going to come up in a second. Uh, and as we said before, you want to be able to defend yourself from malevolent forces, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yes, reason is the thing that is missing, that needs to be reconnected with. Or reason, reason, and the ability to reason is a side effect of reconnecting with the animus. Let's say. Mm. Now, breathe. Thank you because you reminded me because I want to say something about breathe. The other, the other. Uh, what, what's another word for breathe in? Inhale. No, no. I, uh, inspire was what I was oh, going for. Oh, great. Um, inspire. So, so she's lacking inspiration. That's another part of creativity. So the reason I breathe is you. If you get your rational faculties back, you oh, sorry, if you lack rational faculties, you also lack inspiration. 
And one way to get back your uh, rational faculties is to suddenly have inspiration. So breathe is very loaded there from the archetypal uh, lens mm. uh yeah maybe you're going to mention it when you get into the jesus stuff but uh you know the the breath of life yeah um, being 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 infused into into the into the original uh little uh uh belly buttonless creatures back in the day <laughs> <laughs> um there's nothing that i wouldn't do I don't have anything strong for that, but but I think it shows the the awareness on an archetypal level of the feminine that this how high the stakes are, to, that it that the feminine needs to reconnect with the animus and literally nothing. I mean the oh. well, you know, if we consider what's at stake and and if we just look at the Britney story, yeah, then we know <laughs> that if you don't if you don't reconnect with the animus, if you don't have, form the robust ability to enact your plans in the world, then you're in deep trouble, mm. deep trouble. If you remain unconscious, if you don't unite with the, uh, if you don't unite the the feminine with the animus, you're in deep shit, basically. Mm. And nothing sums that up better than the than the Britney story mm. itself. And then we've said it so many times already, but plans is is part of it, like the ability to make plans and enact them, and so therefore have a nice cheeky end line. It's not the way I planned it. Yeah, no fucking kidding. You know, this is the antithesis of plans because you just lost in a maze. You're lost and, and, and sleeping in the center of a maze, sending out this ping to the animus to try to come and rescue you. Um, yeah, it, that, that, that wasn't planned at all. That's, obviously, it wasn't planned. It's the antithesis of planning. And when you get it back, when you get back your connection with the animus, you will have the ability to plan things and enact them in the world. I just, it's so scary, the foretelling of this lack, lack of autonomy. I just, I, I just can't get over it. I can't shake it. <laughs> yeah. Wild. It's really, yeah. Wild. it's really, really freaking me. Uh, you were going to mention some, <clears throat> you were going to mention some, some Jesus stuff. What was hitting you? No, I, I think we've, uh, about that? well, or what has hit you? It's just, um, you know, yeah, the breath, breath was big, um, blind you know there's always there's lots of blind people nice. in the bible nice. you know the, the god god is the like the light you know brings the light yeah. um but there's mm -hmm. there's lots of individual human characters that are often blinded um yeah. uh, the way you know it's not the mm -hmm. way the plan um you know mm -hmm. destiny um uh, just just there's it just reverberates for me. It's not necessarily like it doesn't seem specifically deliberate, but it yeah. There's just key words that resonate for me in at least the um, not the King James, but the you know the sort of <laughs> the bland modern versions of of um, the Bible that I sort of grew up with in in um, the eighties Catholic Church in Australia. Uh -huh. They they're they're kind of stripped of all the 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 goodness you know missing missing a lot of the yeah. really beautiful prose um but that's yeah, that was I'm, my I'm initial um exposure but um yeah mm -hmm. I, it's just that i mean it's just maybe it's i'm projecting you know my knowledge of her family background and upbringing and um yeah i, I don't know i just yeah it just lingers with me well a you have bit. to consider again 
this moment when the demo, you know, landed in front of her and it spoke to her. Yeah. And it, and, and effectively <laughs> her, <laughs> her um, yeah, well, her picking up this song and going and producing it then with Max in Sweden um, led to, you know, the kind of debut that really, it, you, you, you'd argue that it was a, it's miraculous. It's I mean, a perfect it changed, marriage. You know, perfect marriage. Well, we often for, we often forget that that Britney was the first of the kind of new girl starlets, and so um, you know this hadn't happened. We'd had a lot of boy bands in the '90s. We'd had a lot of girl, a couple of girl groups. We had the Spice Girls, I guess. There, there hadn't been any solo young artists in this way, and all of a sudden, Britney opened the floodgates of this kind of pop. So to have this debut be such a smash, it's it's significant and and it wasn't there was no precedent for it really at the time so so she sits down with this song she hears all the lyrics and i think the relevance of what you're talking about that there are christ-like or biblical type uh light references yeah in it i think throughout. i think i think they're clearly like you know you'd have to be pretty outrageous to to suggest that uh, max martin yeah, as you said earlier, to to think that he didn't know what he was doing, that he was lacking awareness of it. I mean, it it would be an outrageous <laughs> suggestion. But at the same time, I, I and so and so it's it spoke to her. That was a that was a good, uh, good little pun. But also, um, she, it, it connected with her on a deep level, hmm. and she somehow she knew this is the one, and and this is the one we're going to push. She recorded it in her way. It's so impressive. They put it up the front of the album. They release it as a single. Hmm. Boom! Worldwide smash. The the connection that I would draw with with Christianity is the is the notion of that Greek word logos. Mm. A lot of the a lot of the reconnection or the lacking from this narrative, the the narrator who's who's speaking, whether the teenager perspective or the archetypal feminine uh, character, is that they're lacking a connection with logos. They're mm. lacking a connection with logic, reason, communication wisdom they're mm, lacking the wisdom all these things. wisdom is they're, yeah they're, they're inexperienced okay so so logos in in biblical terms is a synonym of of, of the G- jesus in the triune god is logos yeah. in the beginning was the word the word was god the word was mm. with god blah 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 the word the translation of word is logos mm. um so i think that there is a connection there and mm. i think that on some some deep spiritual level, she would have felt that when she listened to the demo. Yeah, I agree. And said, this I is agree. the one. Yeah, I, I think it's highly unlikely that's, that that's not the case. Well, mm. how are we going to tackle the rest of it? Because, I mean, will we get in trouble if we just play a whole chunk of the song to, go, to ring us out? I don't think so because it, it's, it's, it's repetitive. And then the, cool. you know, the bridge is essentially, um, it's the chorus, but just stated differently. So yeah. if we're just going on the lyrics, I mean, it's the same lyrics. Okay. Well, I reckon we play it out just with some final thoughts beforehand. So I reckon yeah. like you and me and the listener and their headphones, and I, I use the singular there because I think we've only got one yeah. listener. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just reflect on these two levels as it plays out. Can we, can we yeah, feel it? Yeah, just in- sort of summarize it. Yeah. So let's, let's, pr- let's preface that. Let's prompt it. Yeah. Let's prompt it. So you're listening for the mastery of the of the teenage girl perspective, the heartbroken teenage girl, 
but at the same time there's this deeper supra uh, structure of the of the archetype all the archetype juicy archetypal stuff running there <laughs> whether the feminine has been excluded from its its ability to plan in the world is that working for you as you listen out to the last part Let, mm. let's let's test it out yeah all right let's let's run all the way through how you want it to I mean, there's a reason, right? There's a reason. There is a reason. This is just so uh, such a monstrous success. It's epic. It's so epic, so epic. I, th- I we, we're going to wrap it up in as in as succinct a manner as we possibly can muster. <laughs> yeah. Ming, what, what do you reckon? You want to go first? Is this is this going in the lyrical time capsule or not? Well. What you know? What what would the arguments be for not? Um, I mean, it's 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 the lyrics are insanely simple, but they're not simplistic. They might be melodramatic, but that's not unreal. The character might be lacking in reason, but that's not unreasonable considering the context. Rhyme scheme? I mean, you can't argue. It's there. There's. There's syncopation as well, which we, we didn't touch on actually, but um, there's syncopation and delivery. All, all of these, but all of these on beat AB rhymes, I mean, some of them, considering how simple the lyrics are, there's still complexity. Um, I think there's no reason for this to be excluded, but that's not necessarily enough. I think very strongly that 
there is an absolute mastery of craft here. I, I think there is so much depth inferred by so little. Once again, I think with all the great songs that you and I feel should be included, is it up there with Dylan? I reckon it actually might be. There's my grenade. Let's put it in. Well, I'm <laughs> 100% with you. I think that this is an astonishing, astonishing work. And, you know, obviously the, the music production in terms of its success, in terms of its global success, is doing a lot of heavy lifting. But when you sit down with the lyrics and break them down, there are depths here that really are for the ages. And I would go as far to say that this is an important piece of work. I agree. Because whether you're looking, whether you're looking at it from the, from the literal sense of a, a broken-hearted teenager, which is a, is a very, very important archetype of its own in, yes. our, in our world, <laughs> um, you know, we, 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 are a, we are a culture that is skewing more and more to the veneration of, um, of the young. A good, so a good 70 years of doing so too, you know. <laughs> exactly, mm. exactly. So we're, we're, we're at the nexus of that when we analyze this song or when the mm. song comes along, sorry. That's an important phenomenon sociologically. But if one is prepared to look at it also from an archetypal perspective, this is one of the crucial tasks facing humanity right now, currently. With the... With the uh rendering independent in the world of females which i think we would all agree is an uncontrovertible good there I agree. comes a yes <laughs> yeah take take that feminist i think it's good <laughs> however there is a, a there are pitfalls there where the 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 feminine now is required to be cognizant of its of its need of a functional relationship with its masculine counterpart ideally through incorporating it into itself in a functional non-excessive way this song speaks from a perspective in my opinion archetypally of a complete lack of relationship with the masculine animus and and the heartbreaking state that that puts someone in when you couple that with how Britney Spears' life then rolled out, Oof. being steamrolled Oof. by the toxic masculine, then the stakes become visceral. Mm. The flip side, which, were, which may come up in a different song, is, is when the feminine becomes possessed by its own animus, far too masculine mm. to function. That's another story. We'll get into that another time maybe. But, but that's what this song speaks to, a complete lack of integration of the animus, mm. of the masculine animus. One of humanity's most pressing tasks facing it at the moment, if we need to stand any hope of surviving as a, as a species, as a civilization, we need to address the issues that are potentially, I think, raised by the lyrics in this song. So for me, it's in with a <laughs> bullet. It's absolutely in. 100% open the vault doors stick it inside pride of place next to the <laughs> next to the songs we've analyzed so far and good on you Britney Spears for yeah. seeing what the potential this song had and recording it with yeah. such verve and such charisma yes. and such conviction yes 
And alongside that, good on you, Max Martin, for writing these extraordinary lyrics and 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 your musical production to bring it to life. Mm. And and this this song is is absolutely for the ages, in my opinion. Oh, it's fantastic, and I I, I love it now, uh, and I loved it when I first heard it, and I've defended it in the face of um, <laughs> musical elitism, and I will continue yeah. to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now we can just give a hyperlink <laughs> to anyone who to anyone who thinks this song lacks depth. We'll just uh, point to our three or four hour podcast. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you listen uh, to two guys talking shit? Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, we're deep down in the in the murky, sewery so depths murky. of shit, and so and murky. we're and we're, we're trying it. to sift uh, through the shit to find the uh, that's the, right. the loamy manure, the diamonds, fertilize our civilization. The diamonds, indeed. Um, okay, we'll we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks go once again to our listener, uh, whoever you are and wherever <laughs> you are. Um, but also thanks go to our sponsor, who's uh, funding the creation of these um, of these uh, episodes uh, currently in season one. We're very very grateful to uh, Crypto Injection, which is enabling us to do this. Uh, so thank you. I'm, I'm going to leave it there and with Wonderful. with a with a, with a final message of um, peace and you know. And 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 please, in a in a in an interpersonal level and a societal level, masculine feminine integration, uh, we we need it. We need to get functional again. We don't want to be at war with each other, whether in 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 our psyche or or as uh, societal groups. We need to be functional. So peace. When I peace. say peace, peace and love. Time, that's kind of what I mean. Let's cease the war, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>